Hello, and welcome back to a new episode of Project Tahiti. It's a magical place. I'm one of your hosts, Jess, and I'm joined by your other host, Jared. Hello. Hello. Um, this is a really good episode. I'm really excited to talk about it. It's pretty straightforward plot-wise, but I feel like this gets me in the Mac and Bobby feels so hard. Like, and we get the Admiral again. <laughs> so good i'm so excited to talk about this um before we get started we are a part of a but why no oh uh, wow we are <laughs> we are a part of the but why though podcast community be sure to check them out on twitter at but why though pc and their website uh at but why though podcast.com uh tons of good content out there um regarding all the recent fandom everything that's been happening in the past couple months <laughs> so be sure to check them out we're super proud to be a part of their community because it is like it is pop culture time right now oh my I god mean, i'm over I, the, this last week for us when we're recording this is it's in game week so I mean, it'll be like it'll be several weeks I mean, maybe a month after in game at this point when people listen to this but like we have game of thrones finale they dropped an entire season of cobra kai the same day i was going to see in game <laughs> just to drive me insane <laughs> just <to> like <laughs> Well, I'm in the middle of a Marvel marathon. <laughs> no, and like Santa Clarita Diet was just announced to be um can't like ended and like no, that's so annoying. And now like, yeah, no, they did that, and it was like not too long after again because of wait where there's no way to tell where we recorded this. I think as listeners sometimes, but like it's not too long after one day at a time was canceled. It's like yeah. Netflix just keeps fucking up. Like 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 they make great announcements that I'm excited for, and then the next day it's like something awful. <laughs> yeah. It's like so many things ending or being canceled. It's rough. So there's a lot going on in nerddom, but um but why though has all of your nerddom screaming needs available at but why though podcast.com. <laughs> uh, all right. Um, this is season two, episode 15, titled One Door Closes, written by Lauren LaFranc and Jafe Rudkins. I I looked up Jafe Rudkins' name like three times after <laughs> after we like after I got to this episode because I just didn't believe it was a real name. I know. <laughs> I was like, I was sure like, it's supposed to be Rafe Judkins, right? But I kept <laughs> looking it up, but it's not. It's Jafe, Jafe Rudkins. Yeah. That's a real name. And I think it's awesome sounding. And now I, I, I want to like find out the origin of, of both those names. <laughs> Maybe he's like his own comic book nemesis. Like Rafe Judkins is actually like the Clark Kent. And then Jafe Rudkins <gasps> is his evil um, screenwriting. Really like uh, he's bizarro. <laughs> this, is, yeah. this is good. I like this. Uh, or it could you, be like what a, have you a, done a, to me? I'm like turning into a comics like like yeah, no, it's, story it, between me and the all the tidbits from the show and the crossover stuff. It's seeping into your brain. It really is, <laughs> but that's so funny. Um, directed by David Solomon, uh, I think he's new to the lineup. I don't think I've seen him before, but yeah, no, he's no Jafe Redkins, Rafe Judkins. <laughs> now we have another running joke with another one of the writers. Um, I think, I believe also, um, cause I've watched ahead now because I was sad about, um, Endgame being the last of this chapter of the MCU. So I was like, I'm going to watch all of season two of shield now because I'm sad. Um, <laughs> I believe that Lauren LaFranc and Jay Fredkins are executive producers on the show. I think they were listed in some of the opening credits and some of the future episodes. So, well, and uh, Solomon, he's the guy who was like the he, he was a long term uh, director and producer on Buffy, and yeah. uh, I think he was in maybe 
I'm pretty sure he was like on Angel and I think he even worked on Firefly. Like so he's a long long term um mutant enemy uh guy. So he's worked with Joss and Judd yeah. uh, Wheaton yeah. or Jed Judd Wheaton. Judd Rafkins. Judd Whedon, the nemesis of Judd Whedon. <laughs> We've created oh clones for everyone. It's the Agent 33 double faced thing. It's gotten into our heads. Oh my God. Um, this episode originally aired March 31st, 2015. Here I thought we weren't going to have enough to talk about on this episode, and we're already off the rails. Like, we haven't, I haven't even finished like the opening information for this episode. <laughs> we're being crazy. <laughs> Everybody's got secret identities, and we haven't even talked about a fake person yet. We're just like real people. Oh my God. <laughs> We've been recording a lot of episodes today. We have. This is like, we're like kind of getting a little stir crazy here. Yeah, if you're listening, you're four minutes in, but for us, it's like hour three. <laughs> Let's go. Oh, yeah. All right. So um, this episode starts with a flashback to the day that S.H.I.E.L.D. fell. And um, we see Mac and he has his hands on his head and he has a gun pointed at him with a bunch of his other crewmates. And... Um, there's a hydro dude in there and he's like, we see the the news sequence from the, the helicarriers crashing into tri- the Triskelion from um, Winter Soldier. And, you know, they're talking about how Hydra is like Nazi, whatever. And the guy gets pissed and he shoots the TV and he's like, it's always with the Nazis. And it's like, well, you are founded from Nazis, idiot. Like, that's a thing. Anyway, he asks for the chief engineer and this guy that's sitting next to Mac um lies for him and he's like i'm the chief engineer and max like no 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 he's not he's trying to cover for me he's trying to protect me and his friend gets shot because the hydra agent ironically enough is like i don't like liars (sighs) so we already start off with a sad sad moment (laughs) for mac mac is already losing people and it sucks um but don't worry because bobby and agent hartley come in and save the day and they make it very clear that fury left orders for them to save shield so um we go back to present day, and if you forgot, Bobby is returning to um, the playground, the base, in her um, somewhat undercover role um, to bring down Coulson, essentially, whatever that might mean. We're going to find out. So she returns to the base. She goes directly to the Quinjet and cuts the cable so they can't get away. Um, and meanwhile, Coulson is letting Mac work on Lola, which can't mean anything good because we know that he would never let him work on Lola. Um, unless something was up. So he's probably trying to butter him up so that he can get some information out of him in true spy fashion. (laughs) Um, There's a camera watching Bobby as she walks down the hall and she goes to the control room. Um, She plugs in this drive and we know something nefarious is up and it sucks. Um, Meanwhile, Simmons and Skye are Skyping um, because Skye is at the Hulk cabin and, um, you know, she's talking, Simmons is talking to her about the bracers. She's like, have you tried on the gloves? And Skye's like, no, but I will, I promise. And Gemma's like, I just, I really want you to be safe. You know that, right? And Scott's like, no, I do. I know that. And it's sad because Simmons really does mean well, but she's just not going about it in the right way. And that's kind of part of her arc in this season. And it's funny because Fitz comes in. And if you'll remember, they're not on good terms. Like they had a big argument in the last episode. Um, He comes in and asks about the bracers and Gemma calls him Leo, which she never calls him Leo. So that must mean she's upset with him still. (laughs) Like he is always Fitz to her. Um, Leo seems like one of those, like using his middle name things. Ooh, I see. So 
Colson and Mac are talking about Lola and he's like, look, I appreciate that you like know Lola so well that you were able to make this toy car, this replica, but um, there's something in there that is not part of Lola. And he's like, all right, Mac, who are you working for? And Mac's like, I work for S.H.I.E.L.D. And he's able to genuinely say that because he thinks he is working for S.H.I.E.L.D., which he is working for S.H.I.E.L.D. God, it's so confusing. Um, And Coulson's like, look, I I had a feeling that this is how this was going to go. And I didn't like I didn't want it to be this way. But um, all the other um, S.H.I.E.L.D. members that are in the room turn and they have guns on Mac. And so they're going to take him in, which is sad to see it turn to this. Meanwhile, Bobby is. Um, I don't know how to describe this, drilling into Coulson's desk with this, like, it looks like a wine opener, like one of those electric wine openers that you just, like, put over the top and it, like, doesn't work for you. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> That's I mean yeah, I'm, I'm sure there's some actual thing, like, that people use for, like, drilling, like, something, like, for, like, dendrochronology, like, drilling into a, a tree or something, but I don't know what it's called either. It totally reminds me of one of those things. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so she wine open she uses the wine opener to get into Colson's desk to get Fury's box. Um and May stumbles into the office and she's like, "Oh, I really hope she wouldn't come to this, but um I'm really sad that here we are." Um Bobby actually does try to explain what she's doing and it doesn't go well and she runs off and May catches up to her and they fight for Fury's box and this fight scene is so good like it is just like it i i can't remember exactly but i feel like it is almost one continuous scene like i don't know they probably did do cuts but i'm like in my memory i'm like this is so badass like the two of them and their fighting styles are just amazing these two amazing ladies just kicking ass sad that it's against each other but i'm sure it was a fun scene to film um, anyway, Bobby ends up letting off an EMP and it shuts down all the electricity in the base and um, Bobby and Mac are able to escape. Um, we go back to the day that S.H.I.E.L.D. fell and Mac, Bobby and Hartley are going to look for Gonzalez in the, uh, the old conference room and they find him and he's sitting on the floor and he's like, that man had an axe and now I have it. But <laughs> which is just like such an old man, like. Edward James almost line. I was like, why did he have to say that line? But I'm glad he said it because it was super in character. Um, but he's hurt pretty bad. Like his leg is broken and all fucked up. It, it was totally a line you could imagine Adama saying. Like, but, but like, like, I know. Uh, that's what we can call him at, bro, for sure. But, but, well, Andy's on a ship. Like they're messing with us. He commanded a giant vessel. <laughs> it's like, but, but no, no I, I definitely right? like that line too. Just in general. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it's very obvious that he's kind of delirious because he's injured. So he's just like chatting, like, uh, you know, I have the axe now. Um, but also I have a, like, why is he dressed in a three piece suit on an aircraft carrier? Right. Like, no, I'm confused make, by that. Make a whole lot <laughs> I mean, sense, that's I his... guess. like, like, cause like usually military guys are dressed like that. It's like a uniform. Yeah. But he's not technically military because he's technically shield, even though he is but isn't in shield, kind of a military. But shield role. is military and espionage. It's because right? shield is I definitely don't paramilitary. The- like they like they have public presences. What the fuck is shield? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. And why is he wearing? Why is he dressed like Colonel Sanders? Like, <laughs> and yeah, then no, he has a cane well, later and, on. It's like I, oh I, I my was going to mention that actually last episode, uh, but uh, but we talked about so much other stuff but like i do like that he uses the cane the way he does because he's injured but like 
I don't know, like, like they never make it a point of weakness, but it's also something that they don't shy away from. And it feels like it's actually a pretty good representation of disability. Like, like, like I don't know. Yeah. And I have to look into it, but I would be completely disbelieved that Edward James Olmos might, Edward James Olmos might actually need a K. <laughs> He's old enough. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to think the last time I saw him, he was at a soccer game I was at, but that was a couple years ago. He was walking around okay, but who knows? He's like an old dude. Like people get knee problems. <laughs> that's true oh yeah my, my dad at different times you know has he's never used one although there's been times in his life when he's needed a cane but he's had a, a double knee replacement twice he said both of his knees replaced more than once each each yeah it's insane oh my God, his, his uh the outsides of his knees look like zippers like he's like seriously fucked up scars. oh my god I liked, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, like, uh, Edward James almost. We got. Go. <laughs> Sorry, the Admiral. <laughs> Quote unquote. The Admiral in a three piece suit on the aircraft carrier, uh, and he has an axe, so it's a good scene. <laughs> Back to the present day. Uh, Bobby apparently has secret comms hidden in this fire extinguisher, which, okay, I have another gripe. Why does nobody on the show care for actual safety, like fire safety? Why would you gut a fire extinguisher? Like that seems like something you would probably need in a basement, like locked down base. And you're going to replace it with comms. <laughs> you go in and you put like a carbon monoxide detector in a, in a, in a hallway where there's no carbon monoxide, you know, possibility. Like, like, they, like, like you do something <laughs> oh that's non-essential or completely redundant or unnecessary. Not a fucking fire extinguisher in a high yeah, tech not facility. Something- yeah. Someone might actually use, like, what if there was a fire and they tried to use it and they're like, this doesn't work. Oh, look, there's secret comms equipment in here. Like, hello. <laughs> like, it's like between that, fire safety and motorcycle safety, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is purely lacking. <laughs> like, <laughs> Oh, yeah. That, that I kept thinking of, of the show when I did my Marvel Marathon pre-in-game because I kept seeing in those movies. I'm just like, wear a fucking helmet. <laughs> I wear a helmet every time. <laughs> God. Um, anyway, she contacts Gonzalez and Agent Calderon, who is like one of the other unnamed agents in the previous episode that we talked about. We're pretty unmemorable. But <laughs> yeah, I think he's I think he's Kirk Acevedo, the guy who I had mentioned before. Um, I think. Yeah. Yeah. His name is Tomas Calderon on the show, um, which is more um, Latino representation, which is great. Um, anyway, she says she has Fury's box and they're going to continue with the mission or whatever they're doing so we go to the hulk cabin where sky is and this is what i've (laughs) that's what i've titled it because i don't know what to call it um hulk cabin cabin in the woods whatever um sky is trying on the bracers slash gloves that simmons has made for her and she tries to call Gemma to like ask her about the side effects but the comms are down and then she tries to call her on the phone and she's not answering her phone. So she leaves her a voicemail as she's inspecting the ethernet cable from the computer and she traces it into the wall and she pulls off a wooden panel on the wall and realizes that this cabin is made out of the same shit that the interrogation room on the bus is made out of. And then she finds like a Hulk punch mark in the wall. Like there's a huge fist. like indent. Yeah, it's super cool. And she's like, whoa. (laughs) And then she hears a noise and this suddenly turns into a horror film where there's like this. Okay, so we watched this with closed caption on. You do too, right? Yes. So I watched it with closed caption on and the 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 um the wording that is literally on screen is electricity crackles. <laughs> so that's the noise that is being described that she's hearing. 
And she goes outside, which, why would you go outside? <laughs> like, and then she goes back like, in. have you never seen a horror movie or, right? you know, live through the first season and a half of the show? <laughs> I know. I was like, what are you doing? And then, I mean, to be fair, she does have powers, so, okay. Right, but, sure she, but they fine. also are hurting her. I don't know. Yeah. But you're right, you're right. She's um, dangerous. So she goes outside and then she decides, oh, no, this is a bad idea. I'm in a horror film now. I should go back inside. And she goes back in and then there's a knock on the door. And um, it's it, it's fine. It's just Gordon, which is cool. Um, so Gordon sits down and he chats with Skye about transformation and, and how, you know, it's really amazing that she's holding up as well as she is because she didn't she wasn't prepared for this at all. Like everyone that's like them is usually prepared for their transformation for years. And it's a very like um, it's it's a it's almost like a ritual. Like it's not something that's just sprung upon someone because it's so scary and so life-changing. Well, and and that I, I will say, because we're not going to have a full uh, comics connection section uh, for this episode. That's the closest thing really to a comics connection uh, because that's very much part of the Inhumans culture. Uh, this like preparation before teragenesis. Yeah. It's crazy. That, that, is, that is a callback for sure. That's cool. Um, but yeah. And um Gordon kind of mentions, he's like, look, after I transformed, someone embraced me. Um, what did S.H.I.E.L.D. do to you? And it's like they did not, you know, they put her in a room and they put her in quarantine because they didn't understand. Like, it sucks because, like, we understand yeah. that we get that that's Sky's family and they were just trying to protect her and make sure that she was okay. But it's not. The way it's framed, it feels like a gut punch to us as the audience and, and Sky, even though we all know where they're coming from. I think yeah. Sky does too, you know, it's like, she's come to accept it. Yeah. Even though, you know, some like Simmons or whatever just have taken longer uh, than others, but like she knows they have their, her best interest at heart. Yeah. But they just don't understand. And I, I think Gordon even has a line where he's like, yeah, your friend is trying, is she's looking at you through the lens of human biology, but you are so much more now than that. And it's, they don't understand, but we, I come from a place where we understand that. No. And, and seeing how astute, and not like completely dismissive or cruel he is about like the way he's characterizing Gemma. It makes it feel like Gordon is not being untruthful, but being very deliberately manipulative. Yeah. You know, yeah. but like he is getting the results he wants because he yeah. is turning her against them without trashing them and without really saying anything that's not true, but, yeah. but, but still like messing with perception. And I don't think it's like for nefarious reasons. I think, I think he thinks that it's so much better for her to be with with them. So I think that he's doing it for, for a noble reason from what we know so far, but it's just very interesting. What we know so far, put a pin in that. Um, <laughs> we do know more and more as time goes on. Yes. Um, but yeah, I think I think you're right. And I think like everything that he says is correct. Like I don't think he's wrong with anything he says. And like if you're looking at it from his perspective, of course he would be like, look, S.H.I.E.L.D. locked you up. Like that is not humane. That is not the way that you treat someone that's been essentially traumatized by their transformation. Like that's, that's a bad way to handle it. And um, to be continued in, in coming episodes. But um, – Let's move forward because there's more to that conversation yes. after this. Um, so back at the playground, Simmons runs into Bobby in the locker. Bo I guess Bobby runs into Simmons in the locker room, and Bo and Bo or Simmons is like, "Oh my god, like it's you! Like, I, where is everybody? I've been trying to figure out what's going on." And Simmons is like, genuine seems happy to see her. Um, and then we go to Fitz, who he goes into the control room to start to rewire shit to get the power back on. Um, and we find out that the bus is also disabled, um, as we saw Bobby do with the Quinjet. So they don't want them going anywhere. It's not that, you know, 
I don't know. It's it's weird. This plan is starting to unfold, and it's not what we expected. I think. Um, so back at the Hulk cabin, we're back to this conversation between Sky and Gordon, and um, Gordon's like, "Tell me about your gift." And Sky describes it as, um, "It feels like a thousand bees are inside me all the time, and I can't make it stop." And Gordon's like, "Why would you want to make it stop?" And she's like, "Cause I'm I hurt people, <laughs> like I am destroying things." And Gordon explains, he's like, "Look, everything vibrates. Everything vibrates on a frequency, like." which is true. Every atom is, is, has a vibration and nothing is at rest. And it seems like you can tap into those vibrations and it's really beautiful, like the way he describes it. And Gordon asks her to come be with him and people like them so she can be safe. And um, it's nice because he doesn't try to take her right then. He's like, when you're ready, call me. He puts it, he puts it in, her, in her control and he does. Yeah, he gives her agency and he's like, when you're ready, um, call me and I will come. Like we kind of, we get, Gordon is a complicated character as the season progresses. And I don't think that's a spoiler to say that. Like it's just a reality of all the characters on the show. But um, in this moment, I really love Gordon and how he's able to um, paint this picture of her, Sky's gifts as being something that's natural and worthy of of existing and it's not something to be scared of and I think Sky, like later on in the episode she has a moment where she kind of has that same realization and she's like moved to tears like she's washing her hands and the water she's yeah. able to manipulate how the water is running out of the sink and she is emotional about it and I think there's something really powerful and really beautiful about that conversation that they had um, that her her being different is is not bad it's just who she is now yeah, I feel like he's solidified some of the stuff that Fitz helped her start to kind of come to terms with. Like, like they've she's she's had a lot of help at this point in uh, I don't know, starting to accept herself, and it's really really kicking into high gear. Like like you said in that moment when the conversation dawns on her and she's uh, washing her hands. Yeah, um, I think too it helps that Gordon is like her. Like he very, very clearly physically has gone through a transformation. Like he doesn't have eyes, <laughs> and so I feel like she probably can relate to him better than maybe Fitz. Even though Fitz has kind of gone through his own transformation, I don't know. And Gordon just has a way of putting this into into words that's very, I don't know. It it it's very meaningful. I think so. I I really like this moment a lot. Um, back at the playground, um, Simmons is digging through a box that she took out of her locker and she's like, look, I'm just looking for something. Do I want to make sure they didn't take it? So Bobby's like, come on, hurry up. Let's go. Like she's trying to rush her. And Simmons is, is doing all this to stall so she can trick her. And she puts these like two devices in her hands that like knock her out. <laughs> um, so good job, Simmons. Way to be deceptive. Good spy. Um, Simmons has grown so much in her espionage abilities. I'm very proud of her. <laughs> So we go back to the playground and Simmons is like rummaging through a box that she'd pulled out of her locker and she's like essentially stalling because um, Bobby's like trying to, she's like, hurry up, let's go, let's go. And um, Simmons places these two devices into Bobby's hand. She's like, here, hold this. And they, when they touch, they knock Bobby out. They like send off a, like some kind of shockwave to like <laughs> to make her go unconscious. So good job, Simmons. Um, uh, vastly Im improving on your undercover espionage skills, which she's come so far. <laughs> Um, meanwhile, Fitz is in the control room trying to figure out all this wiring and, and he finds the drive that Bobby put in there and Mac shows up and he's like trying to talk and it's really sad because 
Mac uh, and him had so much trust together and that's just com- been completely shattered now and it sucks. It's that's a real bummer. Like yeah. Um but Mac isn't given up, which is nice. We'll see in a, a, a coming scene. Um so we go back to the day that Shield fell and um Mac is telling Gonzalez this story to distract him so they can set his leg, which is like oh, what that was so unnecessary. Like why did we need to <laughs> Why do we need to see that? I have it I work in the medical field and like healthcare and I have issues with bones. Like I just can't do bones. Like that freaks me out, especially leg bones. Oh my God. Anyway, (laughs) uh, weird fact about me. Um, So um, Bobby starts talking about how, or or everyone's talking about how like, okay, we need to get Gonzalez out of here. We're going to get him up to a transport, whatever. And Bobby's like, look, I have another mission. And she knows that she's going to die because her mission um, is essentially to take down the ship and destroy the entire carrier and what's on it. Because there's something on the ship that they don't want to fall into Hydra's hands. And these are orders from Fury. Um, And Mac is kind of arguing with her. He's like, no, like that's bullshit. Like we can't, you can't just go. And Gonzalez is like, look, you have to complete your mission and i am i'm still the commander of this ship which is su- which is such an adama admiral adama like vibe oh, for right sure here. <laughs> um so she decides to complete her mission even though mac protests and they all decide to go with her because she's going to need help getting to the control room um we go back to present day and Bobby is passed out on the floor and handcuffed to a pole um Coulson and May are there and they get the box back and um, May is going through Bobby's locker and she finds a gas mask, gas, ma- wow, gas mask with, behind like a fake back, back panel of the locker. And we're like, what the fuck? And May's comment is they're not trying to get, they're not, they're trying to get in or something like that. So there, she realizes that there's, the plan is, is not what they think it is. Like they're not trying to get the box out like they're everyone else is trying to get into the base they're trying to infiltrate and so um Fitz and Mac are still talking in the control room and Mac is like trying to get Fitz away from the wall he's like no come away from the wall dude like I just you know like we're you know I still work for shield like we're still friends like just trust me and Mac jumps on top of Fitz because the wall blows up and Fitz was essentially going to die in that moment so like Mac jumps on top of Fitz to save him and it's so sweet because they just love each other even though they're having a hard moment um and Gonzalez's team is in and there's gas flowing out of the vents of the base and so everyone we know everyone is is done like they they lost this round um, we go back to the day that Shield fell, and um, I thought this line of conversation was a little odd, but I wanted to point it out because Mac asks Bobby if he thinks Hydra destroyed the wall of the fallen Shield agents at the at the Shield Academy, and um, Bobby's kind of like, eh, I don't know, um, whatever. But that just kind of made me sad because, like, it just reiterates like how much everyone at Shield lost when Hydra took over and destroyed it, like. Things like that, like memorials, um, relationships, like there's so much these people are so traumatized from. And like the fact that like that wall that Sky felt really connected to as well because of the agents that were listed on there that helped save her as a baby. Like, dude, like that's gone. <laughs> like the Academy's gone. I don't know. It was really, it just made me really sad. Well, I get that. Like in, in the universe for the characters, like that's going to hit Mac hard. Yeah. Um, and I don't remember, like, did Mac have a reason for asking that? I feel like that might go in the spoiler section. I'm not sure off the top of my head. 
well, we can come back to that in a later episode if that is that is something that yeah, comes if we, up. If, if we find some reason to. <laughs> yeah, I just thought it was an interesting line of dialogue. I was like, why would he ask that? But then I was thinking about just the ramifications of what that meant. And I was like, oh, that sucks. <laughs> um, no, that is interesting. Anyway, they run into Hartley, who has gone ahead to like clear a path for them. And she's like kicking ass by herself. She's taking on like eight guys with just a knife and she kills everybody. Um which makes me so upset that they killed off this character in the present day because we had Lucy Lawless in Agents of Shield and she's like fucking awesome and why well, they, had to, they had to carry their or kill their second gay character uh, after Saffron Burroughs. Yeah, and we got another BSG team up because Lucy Lawless was in BSG as was Edward James Olmos. So we could have just kept these two together forever. <laughs> it would have been great. <laughs> yeah. It would have, we would have introduced a uh, uh, man of color and a uh, lesbian character and have them both be from Battlestar Galactica. It would have been awesome. Mm-hmm. But so far, S.H.I.E.L.D. cannot introduce a gay character without ha- somebody die. Right? <laughs> God. So Not great. Um, so Hartley says that there's agents that are fighting back. And so she's, she figured she would join in the fight. Um, and she tells them that um, S.H.I.E.L.D. agents have taken back the top deck. They they found a turret up there and they've taken it back. And um, Mac argues that they should try to take the ship back because people are fighting back. And <laughs> Gonzalez is like, there's 14 decks that we have to take back. That's impossible. There's like, we are outmanned three to one. Like, it's not going to happen. We have to complete this mission. And so... Uh, Bobby agrees, and so they decide to complete the mission, which sucks. Um, back at present day, um, the real shield, quote, has captured the base. And um, there's a lot of focus on Bobby's face in a lot of these scenes. Like, she is kind of making this face like she might feel guilty about which, like, her role that she played in this. Like, she deceived people that she cares about deeply. Like, she cares about Colson, She cares about May. She cares about Sky, Gemma, and Fitz. Like... I don't know. Like she's very conflicted in this episode. So Gonzalez starts asking about Sky. He's like, "Where is she?" And um, you know, and then they mention that she Colson took her away to um, the Hulk cabin. And Calderon is like, "I want to go get her from this cabin." And Bobby volunteers to go with him because she's like, "It, it won't. It won't hurt to have a friendly face." But I feel like she's doing it for another reason. I feel like she senses Calderon just wants to take Sky out. And won't hesitate to do so. And I think she wants to go along as like damage control, <laughs> which good, Bobby, you know, have your conscience, but also, ugh. oh, we also find that we find out that May um, is on the loose, like they never caught her. And so we actually see her. She was behind some screen listening to this conversation as this was going on. She's badass. So badass. It's like the, the one person that you really do want on the loose, like if something like this happens. Um. So we go to the, back to the Hulk cabin, and this is the scene. I'll just cut this out. We already talked about this. Uh. <laughs> it's the scene where she's washing her hands. <laughs> um, so um, Fitz and Simmons are sitting on the floor um, of the lab holding hands, and it's really cute. It's like clear that like any animosity that they had towards each other before has melted away, and they're back to being friends again. And Agent Weaver comes in, and she starts to chat with them, and it's it's tough. Like this is someone that they respected and they see as someone that's on the wrong side. And Weaver feels the same way. She feels that they are like, she deeply respects them and she feels they are on the wrong side. I sort of got the vibe like that immediately of that, what you had just said about like Fitz and Simmons kind of reconciling. It feels like it's starting to be like needled away at because 
immediately Weaver seemed to be able to appeal to Simmons a little bit more than to Fitz, at least in the terms of like their facial response acting in that one scene. Yeah, but I don't I, I don't know just because like coming up in a future episode, like they have something going on where they're like playing at, you know Ooh, what I mean? They're like playing so along. So I don't know. Ma- Maybe they're, this is them playing along and playing those roles of like being antagonistic towards each other. I don't know. Like I'm super interested it, now to see. Yeah. Um, so I don't know if they're playing their roles or if they are really like this is like, like real. Like, you know what I mean? episodes ahead of me now. <laughs> this happens in the next episode. So <laughs> it's like awesome. it, we get payoff pretty soon. Yeah. Spoiler. Sorry, everybody. Um, <laughs> I mean, don't say what uh, happened. I didn't give anything. Yeah, yeah. yeah I didn't give anything. St- something happens in the next episode. <laughs> if that's too much of a spoiler for someone, I don't know how they're going to listen to our show. <laughs> I know. Um, but anyway, it's just hard to see this, like, S.H.I.E.L.D. family split again, even though Weaver technically wasn't a part of, like, our viewership S.H.I.E.L.D. family. Right. Like, she still is S.H.I.E.L.D. And I really like her as a character. Like, it just, it's, it sucks. And um, Weaver's there to ask Simmons to go look at Max's injuries because she is the one person that she trusts above everyone else to take care of this. And it's like, it's just like another knife to the heart of like, yeah, like we're on the same team here. Like, why are we on separate sides? Like for whatever reason, it's dumb. So dumb. Um, While this is happening, Gonzalez and Coulson are talking in Coulson's office and Gonzalez starts off with like, you might not know who I am. And Colson's like, oh, no, I know exactly who you are. And he like runs off a list of things like you're this, you're this, like you're a great man. And that's why I looked for you for months because I wanted you on my team. And he mentions that his ship, the um, the ship that he was commander of is called the Iliad, which is that in comics? No, because this character doesn't exist, right? Yeah, I don't think so. I mean, it might it might be. <laughs> okay. I, th- I just thought I would mention it just because they mentioned it. Um, anyway, they discuss a lot like. They discuss how, like, Coulson is is Fury's handpicked man, and like, they get into this in a later scene. But just but mainly, Coulson wants to know Fury's secrets, and that's why he's there. And he thinks that um, they shouldn't be secrets; they need to be out in the open. And Coulson disagrees. Um, meanwhile, Rogue May is on the bus, and she uses it to call Sky. And she tells her to run because S.H.I.E.L.D. is coming for her. She's like, look, I don't have time. There is a box on the perimeter of the property. Go disable it and run because they're coming for you. S.H.I.E.L.D. is coming for you. And she's like, what? And then all of a sudden her electricity goes out in the cabin. And Bobby and Calderon are already there um, in their Quinjets. And um, we go and see them getting off the Quinjet. And Bobby demands icers only because Sky is a S.H.I.E.L.D. agent just like us. And she seems a little uncertain about what they're actually doing there and like what, you know, they're taking in someone who, I mean, objectively, she is a threat, but she's not. She's a, she's a S.H.I.E.L.D. agent. Like, it just sucks. Um, We go back to the day that S.H.I.E.L.D. fell and the team finally reaches the server core and Mac and Bobby start fighting about what they're going to do. He's like, are you really going to do this? Like there's shield agents fighting for their lives right now. And you're just going to destroy all of this. Let all of us die. And Gonzalez is like, look, this is not a democracy. You have orders from Fury and from me. And Bobby pauses and she's like, well, maybe it should be a democracy. And this moment is beautiful. Like I just had this like swelling of pride for Mac and Bobby in this moment because they decide to take back the ship and against all odds, like they're like, no, we are shield and this is what we do. And it just shows just the core of Mac's character that this was, he wanted this all along. And it's just, 
I love them so much. Like, no, and it is why, like we always say, you know, Mac would be a great Captain America because of this instinct. It's, you know, like because he's just awesome. Yeah, no man left behind. He's, oh, it's wonderful. Which is, which, which is an ethos that Coulson and Fury both have all the time yeah. in, in actual practice, like when it's them in, on the scene. Yep, absolutely. Um, so we actually go back to present day and Gonzalez is like having a conversation conversation with Coulson. I think he was telling the story of, of this day. He's like, I was wrong that day. Um, and he, he, you know, he says he doesn't want to be a director. Um, and Coulson's like, well, I didn't want to either, but Fury chose me. And that's why Gonzalez is concerned. He's like, you are literally his creation. He brought you back to life. And Coulson's like, well, I didn't really ask for that either, but I'm grateful because I'm here. <laughs> like, but also Gonzalez isn't wrong. Like, it's just very weird. And I think this is the conversation where they have, they, they talk about how like Weaver thinks that Coulson is like, some alien sentinel like being controlled by like alien DNA and that's why everything's bonkers now um and Gonzalez believes that shield secrets are why shield fell and Coulson's like no Hydra is why shield fell and they just kind of agree to disagree but they don't have time to finish the conversation because May enters and she ices everybody in the room except for except for Coulson um and then she just like she pushes a bag on him she's like this will last you a few days and then she shoves him into this hidden elevator in the corner of his office and is like there's without you there is no shield you need to survive go and we'll be fine and she just shoves him in there the wall closes and everyone comes into the room and she just surrenders and it's just this like really quick paced crazy scene that is just like oh my god May is amazing wait what's happening there's an elevator what Colson's going okay here we are like <laughs> <laughs> it was good um I really like this episode I don't know if I said that at the beginning of this but you, you did I really like this episode um back at the Hulk cabin uh Agent Calderon tells Bobby uh the story about how um at the Academy Weaver had to fight off an enhanced person that Hydra unleashed on them by herself and so she kind of has this grudge against enhanced people and Bobby's like look that's not Sky like she's not like that that's not gonna be how this is like just chill dude which thank you Bobby for being the voice of reason but you know I guess objectively you would take precautions but Bobby knows her and that's why she's there. Um, meanwhile, Sky is running for her life and she fights off an agent and takes his gun with broken arms. Don't forget that she still has like fractures in her wrist and she's fighting and blocking blows. And it's like, dude, you are so badass. Um, agent Calderon goes to shoot Sky and he has a real gun in his hand. And Bobby is like yelling and she's like, no, Sky. Like she's trying to warn her. Sky turns around and she defends herself with a shockwave. And it is devastating like it shatters the tree that's right in front of her it pushes bobby and agent calderon back uh a branch or like a piece of wood gets impaled in calderon's chest like and you don't have to worry about remembering his name anymore nope because he's gone now it impales agent insert name um so yeah and she i, I mean you just look at the devastation and it's like this whole section oh, of forest is like done it's splintered she feels so guilty when she sees like it's so sad yeah she's horrified she and she whispers like she can't even speak loudly she's like gordon help and gordon shows up and he takes her away and bobby sees her disappear in a cloud of blue electricity and the very end scene is colson at a beach bar somewhere tropical ordering a tropical drink and hunter shows up and he is officially colson's man now he signs his name on a napkin and is like okay this is consider this my contract to you like let's go do the thing and that's the episode pretty good pretty good 
I love it too. Yeah, so good. Um, tons of plot, really plot heavy. Tons of good Mac moments. Mac and Fitz in this like just have this complicated relationship that's starting to show. We get more of that later, but like, it's I just hate seeing them at odds, and it really makes me sad. Um, but. Max still saved Fitz because he still cares for him. Even no, that's who he is too. It's like, it's the whole bit where, you know, Batman jumps off the building or whatever to, to protect the Joker or whatever. Yeah. It's like, even, and it's definitely not that. I was going to say level of feud, but, it, but Mac would save just about anybody unless it was like going to kill him. You yeah. know, and he might not save the bad guy, but, but it's just what he does. I know. And I, I feel like Bobby's conflict is really interesting in this episode. What do you, what is your take on it? Because I kind of gave my opinion that she's unsure and she feels like she betrayed people that she cares about. But no, there's definitely that sign. Like, like they're playing it pretty heavy that she's having hesitation because I think she she hates that she's betrayed anyone on the team. And I think that like the way it shook out with Hunter, because specifically this whole time she's wanted, even if she didn't want to reconcile with him, she was trying to recruit him to their team. Yeah, he wasn't. He wasn't with Shield. He was with. Which she she had infiltrated already, you know. She was working undercover, but she was with, or he was with a uh, Hartley. Oh yeah, yeah. Hartley's team, who we now know was also, you know, part of Gonzalez's group, part of this 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 quote unquote real shield. So I feel like knowing that she always wanted to recruit him to their group, and uh, like it's like on some level, even if she wasn't looking for a romantic reconciliation that they had gotten, she wanted to bring him back into her life. And like, that's a total, total fuck job. Like the way that yeah. turned out, like that just did not turn out right. In fact, she, she put a huge wedge between them. And I think you're right. I think Coulson has convinced her. I think, I think he's starting to convince Mac and her each at different intervals because if the very least they know his intentions are good, yeah. no, no one can say whether or not he's controlled still influenced still by the Cree blood, I'm sure, you know, or whatever, like with any confidence. <laughs> but that that line is so great. It's just like, I just feel like he's like, I don't really know if I can say that with confidence. Oh, shit. Yeah. Uh, maybe I, maybe I, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he wants to just say, of course I'm in control. Yeah. But he is not. Um, spoiler section time, real quick, because I want to discuss Coulson um and his conflict, because that's what sets up season three for him to step down as director. Um, because I think he real he he hears Gonzalez and he's like, Yeah, like you're right on some level. Like I have too much power and I'm too, he's too wrapped up in it's personal for him. Like he came back to life through shield, through fury, like, and then fury chose him to lead. Like it's too personal. He needs to, to give up that mantle. Um, and I think I, I, I remember we mentioned it in a previous episode, but it, like, this is how we get Jeffrey Mace as director. Um, and that's really cool. I think that it just shows like who Coulson is. Like he's not afraid to learn from his mistakes as well as be a good leader. And like that's a quality of of his that makes him a good leader. A lot of characters like him, I feel like in fiction, like they either I don't know. If the characters don't have a false humility, I feel like the writers they it's a functionally a false humility. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like like very rarely are they actually humble and i think he is he does learn from his mistakes and it's like they really go they take pains to show like tony stark showing left le lessons in all of the avengers movies and iron man movies but 
like they also like make a point that he's really stubborn and it's mm-hmm. hard for him to do and it's like i don't know i think that that's not true for for him i think it's not hard for him to swallow his pride yeah like like the harder choices he has are letting down people he cares about yeah i think you're right um or having to give up on people um yeah because i feel like he he had a hard time wanting to give up on ward and um fuck yeah and talbot eventually too Oh, poor Talbot. I know. Our favorite. <laughs> our, do- our doofy goofus Talbot. <laughs> I know. Um, I'd, I'd watch a Disney Plus spinoff that's just, that is literally just Gomer Pyle. It's just about some poor, poor military recruit who has to like work under him. Oh, <laughs> some intern in his office. My God. They're one on one, a half hour comedy. It's just like, and him like taking meetings with people. Like he's like, he's like having FaceTimes with, with, with a, Agent May or with a, uh, you know, um, Happy Hogan or yeah, any of them. That'd be amazing. Get those sons of bitches. <laughs> <laughs> it's a little early for Taco Tuesday. <laughs> yeah, that. Oh my god, that previous episode, the Taco Tuesday. I was about dying. Oh. I was like, what the hell? The world he lives in. But that will be the show. I know. He has his wife and his son. But now he has gravity power. Oh my god, it's so freaking great. It makes no sense. Now he has gravity power. Uh, <sighs> he's At least a- I know we're in the spoiler section. <laughs> yeah, he is such a great character. I'm so glad that we have him. We are so blessed to have Adrian Pazdar as Talbot and as Gav- Gravitron. He has weird crossover because his character in Heroes is like a military. Uh, mili- he's an ex-military. Like he's a fighter pilot. Yeah. And he was a, mil- uh, a, po- a politician. I know. So he has this like weird crossover because they're like and he was a family man and shit like, like like they're not the same character by any means like Tal is based on a comic character but like they do have this weird commonality and plus the humor level it made me laugh even more when we recorded the uh in-game uh episode because we didn't have time to mention it but and i know we're wrapping up now as well but when i mentioned the dude from modern family who plays phil yeah is is uh the hulk's rival love interest the <laughs> other one is talbot like, these are the two these are the two men the two that betty dates yeah. after after bruce it's hilarious that they are just like the funniest people in all of the mcu oh my god like just the goofiest motherfuckers i love it but it's also like when you look at mark ruffalo and the hulk and everything it's like that i guess that's i guess uh whether it's Liv tyler or uh before it was uh, jennifer connelly i guess betty's type is <laughs> super goofy funny nerdy guy <laughs> Like whether they're military or psychiatrists or scientists, oh like my God. she's got a specific type of doofus. I don't know if Talbot is considered a, a silly nerdy guy. I would definitely consider him a doofus. No, I guess not nerdy, but he is silly. Oh, and he's got the same kind of misplaced confidence they have. Yeah, it's just he does. different. Yeah. It's 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 it's. I feel like theirs is like I'm really smart and like like that's where people should like me. But his is like. I walk like this. <laughs> I don't even know how to describe it, but you know what I mean? Yes. Like, I am who I am. <laughs> like, he's one of those guys that, like, it's like, I, 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 in my head, like, I know that no one really moves this way, but it's like the linebacker type yes. of, like, 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 moose, 
you know, from uh, the old Riverdale or Archie comics, like the, the, the big doofus guy and who like they move their, their arms and their legs yes. on the same side at the same yes. time. So like both their right shoulder and their right leg move forward. <laughs> and then the left. It's like almost like Frankenstein-ish. Like that's, like that's how oh, I imagine he like expresses his authority, the character of Talbot. It's like, I walk through hallways like this and everyone has to avoid me. <laughs> and like that's like, – like I don't know. Guys who've never even considered getting out of anyone's way. <laughs> it's just like, yeah, no, that's a very good. That's way. not what I do. That's a very yeah. good characterization of him. I've never considered getting out of anyone's <laughs> way. <laughs> oh my god! On that note, where can yeah, people, you need to wrap up. Where, where can people find you on social media? <laughs> people can find me at uh, at I Snow Nothing. You can find me at Space Jess with four S's in the Jess. Uh, you can find the podcast at Project Tahiti on Twitter. You can send us an email at projecttahitipod at gmail.com. We are now on Google Play as well as iTunes. We should be getting on Spotify soon, maybe? Yes. Okay. Working on that. Um, and then uh, rate, rate and review us on iTunes, please. And thank you for listening to this wacky and kind of off the rails episode of Project Tahiti. <laughs> it's definitely a magical place. <laughs> Catch you later. Bye. Oh my God, I forgot to put Calderon's name in here because I couldn't remember his name. I had to go look it up. Uh, <laughs> so I put agent. Agent name here. Name agent here. Insert name here. Whoops. Um, agent, insert name again. Agent Calderon. Sorry. <laughs> agent Calderon, again, insert name. Sorry, dude. Um, <laughs> I didn't change any of this in the notes. Oh my God. <laughs> We recorded a lot today. We did. I just like meant to go back and do all that. And I think I only did it once. I didn't realize I talked about him so much in the later part of the episode. That's awesome. Oh, sorry, dude. Anyway.